0: them knowing that they have an ally in you is critical to the whole thing because if not, what happens from people who work other places is that they're gonna view their overwhelm as like a sense of personal failure a lot of the time. I'm Johnny Page, I'm Matt Verlet. and this is the South County Podcast. All right. So Johnny I was stalking you on Instagram the other week. I hope that's okay. And I saw you put out this reel on leading a team out of overwhelm. And the first thing I thought when we're like thinking about topics for the podcast is like, dude, we've got to talk about that because there's been no shortage of times when we were up against overwhelm. And so- I wanted to ask you just to maybe kick the conversation off. What's the situation that was going through your mind when you were shooting that and you're shooting that reel on Instagram, right? Because I'm sure you got a couple of whoppers from your career. I got a few too, but what brought you there, man?
1: As an early stage SaaS founder and as a high performance leader, someone who aspires to push their team to get the, the best results possible, It's the flip side of the coin, right? That sometimes you feel like you're in over your head. And so unfortunately, multiple times in my career, I've had to like run into the wall a few times to realize that this is gonna be a part of having a fast growing company. And now have some of the tools to recognize when it's happening and overcome that. Get the work out in front of us. You back off of overwhelm and feel like we're in control of the situation that we're in. But man, the most recent one, I had a, a team member come to me and unfortunately most of the time overwhelm can happen very easily in a customer facing role when the product's not right. Mm. It, it's just it's very very difficult especially if you are not the person solving the problem. You that team is specifically susceptible to experiencing overwhelm because they have to fight the problem every day and they can't solve the problem every day. And so that was the situation our team found ourselves in. We knew some product changes that needed to happen. They're just gonna take a while. And so our customer success team had to wake up every day and answer for and hear the same challenges vocalized by our client painfully over and over and over again. And the best they can do is to say, hey, I hear you, we're doing our best. And that's okay for a couple of weeks. It's okay for a couple of months, but I had a team member who had been in the spot for about six, eight months. And of course it wasn't the same exact conversation, but this, this problem evolved over time and our ability to solve it was delayed. And so I sat across the table from this team member and they just said, look, I think I'm on the right team, but I think I'm just like running out of gas. Like I just, I, I can't do this anymore. And I, uh, that was the moment I realized like, this person and this team was worth fighting for. And I realized like, I got to figure out a way to like have this team member decompress
0: and then get out of this state of overwhelm. So yeah, man, that's where I was born out of. Got it, man. That's wild. It's, it's interesting. Is like the more you can control something, the less overwhelming it seems in certain cases, right? So you think it was actually drawn out from the fact that they couldn't actually change the thing that was stressing them out? That's part of it. The other part of it is like being overwhelmed is very much so like an emotional
1: state. And so what I ended up walking this team member through was there's a lot of work that we haven't clearly defined. So the steps I lay out in in the reel are we dump, chunk, and sequence. So let's get all of the work out in front of us right now and let's center around the facts. Like what do we know about this situation? What's the work that we got to do? Let's dump all the work in front of us. So literally pull out the iPad and start working through it with them. We'll write out all the responsibilities. Where's the overwhelm coming from? And just that alone, seeing it all on paper instead of feeling it all and it's swimming around your head has a huge, you know, benefit. In fact, if that's all that we did was just help them like pull it out of their head, that would be immensely helpful the chunk part of the process is let's group it all of the work together, right? You know, And I, I probably skipped over there's two contributing factors. One being in a customer facing role where you can't solve the problem, but this happens in like every role. Like that team is particularly susceptible, but this has happened in you know roles on our growth team, on our leadership team. It's just like a part of trying to do hard shit. It's like sometimes you find yourself a little too overwhelmed. Like you and I find ourselves there quite often. Like, hey, we're overcommitted. I'm pretty sure I was there yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to not throw you under the bus, but call you out there. But yeah, it's, it happens frequently. It's just part you know, of like having big ambition and big goals. It's like quite often we've overcommitted. So we need this way to like, you know, there will always be more work than there is effort. And so to make, to be a high performing team, it means we just choose the right things, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've said no to the right things and said yes to the right things. So the dump chunk sequence is an exercise. You say, "Hey, let's dump it all out. Like, what are all the things we think we have to do?" And that alone will make it feel more doable because it's out of our head, not out in front of us. Chunk is like which one of these things are similar. Like, can't is are there certain projects that I need to be in a similar mindset for, and certain projects that work really well together? Let's chunk them together, and then let's sequence. And you're just going to create a priority list. And that, if we just go through that process, and sometimes for for a team member who's kind of new to working through this, it it needs to be facilitated. So we're jumping on a call and doing it. You know, I'm curious from your perspective, Matt, you and I oftentimes have like different perspectives and approaches to the same problem. How have you solved, you've inevitably had a client or a team member come to you and say, hey, I'm overwhelmed. This is too much. Like, how do you work them out of it?
0: So this is one where we're very similar, but, I'll tell you like anytime I talk about overwhelm I smile about it now because it was a few years ago but there is one time when I'm like oh man this was the craziest overwhelm ever and so I'll I'll set this up and I'll tell you how we worked through it right so it was when we were running our first company up launch and you know we got our like MVP minimum viable product out on the market it was pretty solid we had like 80 customers at that point so I mean it was a real business and we were quote unquote replatforming and Johnny, like if you can go online and find some advice about how to do that, whatever advice you'd find, we were doing the opposite, man. We were making every mistake in the book. We had gone weeks and weeks without pushing the new, the features to the main branch, you know, not to get overly nerdy or whatever. Like we had all this code that hadn't yet been battle tested and we were going to do all this data stuff. Anyway, like it's a mountain of work, right? We were going to do it all in one fell swoop. And we actually like got together, we were a remote company. We got together, like set up our computers in the basement. And like, we were doing this thing. We're like, we're, we're ready to rock. And we broke the whole world, Johnny. I mean, we took this platform down for like eight hours. And the thing about this was this software was the way that our customers got new leads for their businesses. So none of our customers could get new leads for like eight hours. I mean, we, it was rough. And I remember, My CTO, his name's also Matt, my CTO at the time sent me a message in Slack while we're trying to play whack-a-mole and get all this stuff dialed in. And the message literally says, Matt, everything is crumbling. And like that that one message, I'm like, man, this dude built this whole thing and he's telling me that everything is crumbling. That is like overwhelm defined, right, in a Slack message in four or five words. So, dude, we did something really similar to what you said, right? I didn't have a dump chunk and sequence plan, but essentially... What we did is we just made a list of every issue that was going on, right? We just made a list of everything that was happening, every bug that we had. We got it all out on a whiteboard, right? That was like the dump version of what you were talking about. We got every single thing listed out, made sure we were good to go. I don't know that we necessarily chunked them into sections, but then we did the same thing with the sequencing. I tell people all the time that the hardest skill in the world to develop as a high performer is stack rank prioritization because all you want to do is all the things at the same time, right? I suffer mm-hmm. from it, you suffer from it, man. Yeah. Like you make yourself a nice dinner and you're going to eat all the bites, right? And it just, you choke, it doesn't work. And so I think the thing that saved us from that was we just, I took a breath and I was like, all right, freaking out's not going to help. So I'm going to set that down. And we're just going to solve one thing at a time until the whiteboard's clean again. And we Mm -hmm. prioritized them based on impact. What were the things that were to make sure the data was solid? What can bring the app back online? What is like quality of life stuff that could wait till the end? We stack ranked, prioritized everything, and we just hammered. And we coded for 27 hours straight. We took a four hour nap and then went another 11 hours and we got it all done and we were cool. And then I shot a really nice apology video to our customers and they were super cool and had our back and it was all set. But man, it's like if you didn't, if we hadn't written it all down, which is like the dump version of what you just said, and then like stack rank prioritized everything. Like, there's really only one next most important thing in any process, right? We're humans aren't actual multitaskers. It's all bullshit, right? Like, we do one thing at a time, we yeah. sync track, we solve, we solve, we solve, we solve. And so, as soon as we took that approach, we were just playing one task at a time, one issue at a time, fix it, move on to the next yeah. one, do it till we passed out. And now uh, we back up and do it again. We solved it. So, yeah. pretty similar, right? You know, you know what's funny, dude, is I think a lot of people, the,
1: are going to jump straight to how do I give this person some like paid time off and just give them a long weekend. And, you know, that sometimes that's the case. You know, I had a, a team member where we actually asked them to take a month off. Wow. But what, most of the time what's happening is it's a it's avoiding the real thing that's like con- creating overwhelm, yeah. right? It's you're working through they need to have a sense of control of how they experience work and, and the things that they're working on. So that's what dump chunk and sequence gives them, right? It's an, and it also, if done with a team member, it, you feel like we're together in this. And for that alone, overwhelm is most of the time, not a logistics, like I've spent too much time working. It is an emotional buildup yeah. of a loss of control, a loss of confidence, a loss of alignment, and you've probably, you know, this person's probably made several attempts to create control and alignment with their team. And it's just not not working out. So how do you recognize, like, when you see a, a, a team member reaching a point of overwhelm? Like, if so, and I think it, here's where this question comes from. Look, if you're going to lead an early stage SaaS company or you're going to lead a fast growing company, you will encounter this. Your ability to help work in a team member or an entire team out of overwhelm will minimize the amount of chaos you'll experience if you you know, don't choose not to learn this skill. So how do we recognize? I think part of your offsetting is just like finding it early. What are you looking for in a team or a team
0: member to spot the early signs of overwhelm? Yeah. I'll tell you, man, like some of it is not reactive like that, right? Like, it's if you're doing this at a world-class level, you're in the details before they hit that Mm -hmm. stage, right? So like I get pretty involved in the day-to-day work lives of my direct reports, not to say that I micromanage them. I mean, I work them all against outcomes and coach them towards doing their stuff, but you know, like I run through a perfect week exercise with everybody on my team. I try to make sure that they've got some time to have like an integrated day, right? Where they can get outside, get some sunshine, walk the dog, make sure they get a meal, make sure they're doing all the stuff they got to do. So like some of this is, what's that saying, right? Like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Like some of this is making sure that people know that they can actually work that way in a remote company where you're managing your own time. Like you should have the latitude to set your day up in a way that works. And so I think step one for me is the pre-work of making sure that you're taking an active role in coaching the people on your team to know that they can live, that work doesn't have to suck. It doesn't have to suck. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean don't work hard. So that's like step one for me. So just just that, to
1: make sure we're, we're, we're unpacking, step one is create your perfect week. Yeah. How should we go start with a blank canvas, do it in an iPad or on Google yep. Calendar, map out, this is when I've
0: allocated time for exactly. you know, all of my important responsibilities. Yep. Yeah. And the sequence that I use for that, like I start with the blank iPad, I say, what are the immovable work objects, right? Like are you the meetings that you have to go to? from there, the next thing I tackle is health, right? Like, when are you going to, whatever being healthy means to that person, it means a different thing to everyone. I'm not saying everyone's got to go run marathons or lift weights, but like, whatever, when are you going to do the thing that makes you feel healthy? Go put that in. When are you going to get some sunshine? Go put that in. And then Mm -hmm. all of the heads down work, we slot in wherever else. And they just say, I think I need two hours a week for that. I need 12 hours a week for project time. They just build it, man. But like, I think that's actually a really important thing because my own self-sabotaging behavior is I put every ounce of work and then I'm trying to like get a workout in at two in the morning or something stupid like that. And so the sequence of like immovable work objects, health and wellness, and then the focus work that's from a time-bound perspective, somewhat flexible, like doing it in that order, like, man, we're 10 times more effective at thought work when we feel healthy. So that's the the sequence. Dan unpacks this really well and buy
1: back your time, but like there's certain types of work that drain your energy and there's certain types of work that create energy. Yeah. And so part of the perfect week of what you're alluding to here is we need to look to make sure there's parts in our day that are creating energy. Not all of our work is going to be energy creating. There are going to be some parts of it. You know, if you're working in customer success, you're going to have to take some cancellation calls at some yeah. point that none of us want to. Most of the time they're going to be draining. I haven't met someone who like loves them, but you know to make sure there's a good balance of the stuff that creates energy and doesn't. So I love the focus on on health and even just looking at it as a saying, "Hey, where in the day are you going to intentionally create energy? Like, what's the, you know, high yield time for some? It's yeah. working out. For some, it's getting in the sun. For some, it's you know whatever. Where's the time we're creating energy so we're set up for success throughout the rest of the week? So you got a perfect week in place. I think one of the parts that you alluded to is like you have regular one on ones with your team, right? Like you're, you're so, part of the prevention is I'm talking to them regularly. We've
0: got a game plan on how week should go. What else? yeah, so one on ones for me, they're an hour long every two weeks. they follow a format. I'm pretty ruthless about like not doing transactional project updates in them. like I'll let the 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 team member get something off their chest or get unblocked if they got something, but the the one on ones that I love are things about like, how are you feeling in your role? Let's talk about your career progression. Where can I coach you? How can I invest in you from a development standpoint? Like that's the stuff I love to talk about on -on one-on-ones. Like I recently had one and there was like seven or eight things on the agenda that my director report put on there. And like, it was like number four, it was like buried in the middle is like, how does my role evolve over the next year? And then like the other ones were trivial. And I was like, dude, forget all that other stuff. We're gonna pluck this question. If we spend 59 minutes talking about this, This is going to be a great meeting. And like he left that meeting knowing exactly how his role could evolve over the next 12 to 36 months. It was six. So the one-on-ones for sure and making sure that they're not like, you can't mail it in, man. Like a lot of people mail it in. They're like, tell me about all your projects and your little tiddlywinks and whatever, like all this little stuff that doesn't matter. That's about human to human. How can I help elevate you as a team member? So that's like the infrastructure, right? You know what a week should look like. You know what kind of stuff they're working on. You can check in on them emotionally. You can help them on their development progression, the one-on-ones. And then if despite all of those touch points, they're still in the hole, I'm hoping that like a couple of things are true. Number one is that, A, I should already have a, a feeling because I have these touch points with them that yeah I feel like, I feel like Johnny's running hot right now. Like yeah, I got a baseline. baseline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's number one. And the second is that, and I think this is really important, like they know that they have an ally. Because here's the thing, like I joke with my team. I I say, like, I talk about like resolving their corporate trauma <laughs> from like all the weird stuff that they've been through in companies yeah. that don't necessarily run intentionally like this. And I'm like, man, sometimes like, like the working out thing in the perfect week, like, you literally need to give people permission to go do that because they think that they're doing something wrong if they go for a walk. And I'm like, yo, I want mm-hmm. you to do that. I want you to feel great yeah. every single day, you know? And so I think that like, them knowing that they have an ally in you is critical to the whole thing. Because if not, what happens from people who work other places is that they're going to view their overwhelm as like a sense of personal failure a lot of the time, especially if you're hiring high performers, it'll be like, I'm overwhelmed. This is a me problem. I can't keep up. Totally. There's everyone else is doing it, or really maybe they're not, right? And I'm failing. And it's like, you got to squash that. And like a good leader squashes out, you can draw that out of them. Be like, look, it's us against the problem, not me versus you. There's a mountain of shit we have to go solve. Cool. I'm sorry you're feeling this way. It's probably me letting you down. So let's get this stuff out on a piece of paper, like your thing, and let's go figure it out together. And like, yeah, that defuses the conversation for them. They're like, oh, I'm not messing up right now. This is just how it goes sometimes. And I have an ally who's in a position to help me fix it. Game on. But dude, like, that's how I approach it. But I want to push on one thing you said, because I loved it. What everything I just explained, you can't solve that with a vacation day. It doesn't mean that like, like I watch my people's PTO. I make sure that they take some time off. I ask them and all that stuff. It's important, but like sometimes they just want their problem solved. Like if work yeah. sucks and they leave for two days and come back, it's still going to suck. if well, the mo- Yeah, it's most problem. of the time. I think that part of what we've glossed over
1: or just haven't quite spent enough time on is r- reminding the team member of why they're here. Yeah, like what's dude, the mission? what's yes. the why reconnecting like let's look up let's look out why is it important that we handle the stuff in front of us so, like dump chunk and sequence is very tactical like if you do nothing else from this you can get on a call with an overwhelmed team member dump chunk and sequence and that will uh, at least a minimum push off overwhelm and, and get them back into a good spot and if not solve it but looking 12 months out and saying, why are we here? Like, are we connected to the mission of who we're serving, the problem that we're solving, the role you're playing in this? It can make being really connected to the vision of of what we're building can make today, just makes all the problems feel small. Like you're building confidence. That's the world we're building. We're going to wake up there. Like you are the right person in the right seat. Sometimes like they just need that reminder. From you that hey we're gonna get through this like, and as a leader it is your responsibility to be the calm in the storm and yeah. be that unwavering voice of confidence that says this is you know I, you know I'll say the words like we're not curing cancer here okay like we're pushing for greatness and part of this is putting it in perspective and perspective comes from understanding why we're
0: building what we're building yeah yeah agree man and I think this is probably a good topic to dive into on another another pod but like the whole culture of winning thing right about you know. Focusing on customer wins and team wins and like all the good. I just think that like there's an mm-hmm. archetype, like a person, right? That people who don't care don't necessarily feel overwhelmed because they just don't care. Right? The the people yeah. that are working in startups all care. They're They all want to be excellent. And so that same type of person typically isn't that great at like reflecting on all the stuff that went right because we're so like focused on the next problem. And so I think that like, yes, being mission focused is crazy important. But also just like, especially in times when everything feels bad, taking a time to shine the light on the good. And I'm not saying it's like toxic positivity or like just lying. Like if shit is messed up, we have balance. Yeah, right. But like, it's you. Like everything is usually not broken. There's usually just a couple of really loud, obnoxious problems that make it feel like everything's broken. But there's also 80% of the user base in your software company or whatever the situation is that's like actually getting value and giving you testimonials and winning and getting the value metric and like. You should shine a light on that too, even if the other 20% might be pissed off because yeah. you are not have a feature. You know, they're both. of The vocal
1: minority can be yeah. the loudest voice in the room at times. Yeah, totally. Cool. Dude, I think it's a good sign. You have an overwhelmed team member on your team. It's a good sign that they care about what you're doing. Hopefully yep. what we've discussed today, you know, have have an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of a cure. Pound of cure, yeah. right? Hey, have your, get your perfect week in place. Stay connected to the vision. Have your routine one on so ones, you'll be able to spot a team member experiencing overwhelm much earlier on to be able to initiate the conversation, addressing it early is huge. And then if you do have a overwhelm and you know, work it through an exercise, very tactically dump all of the tasks and responsibilities down on paper, chunk them together, which tasks are similar and sequence them top priority first and just stay connected, have routine follow-up conversations. Matt, anything else on working a team
0: out of overwhelm? Honestly, I think every item that we listed in the prevention category could probably be something worth double clicking on. You know, it's just, there's so much there. And honestly, that's my favorite part. Like I feel like I love the mission that we have now. I love the mission of my last company. I could work on a lot of different missions if I'm leading the team, you know, and being able to lead at that level of like involvement and depth, man. Like when you learn to love that process. Like you can accomplish anything, yeah. almost anyone. It's really a manageable place.
1: So I definitely- It's like building a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, I think of what you can expect. What are we going to talk about? Overwhelmingly, we're going to talk about on the SaaS Academy podcast. It is building the vehicle that will allow you to drive wherever you want to go, regardless of which customer you're serving, the market you're in, the product you're building. You have to get there with people. Yep. And what Matt and I have developed a knack for and hope to shine a light on and bring incredible guests in to share on is- How do you build the vehicle that allows you to go wherever you want to go? So yeah, we will definitely double click on that. Looking forward to it, man. Cool. love it. Talk soon, brother.